Uh, welcome to another episode of Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that basically comes up with new episode ideas every week. Uh, here we go. This is another episode of uh, Between Two Chucks. This, these are the shows. They're not the side quests where we talk about new games or TV or movies. They're not the main episodes where we talk about new or old or sometimes brand new Telltale games, LucasArts games, whatever it is. Uh, but these are the episodes where we interview someone, or in this case, several people, uh, about a specific topic. And uh, Jason, I want to let you introduce uh, that topic and the people that we are interviewing today. Yeah, so today we will be talking to uh, Haley Zablotsky and Kelson Little, uh, who are two of my students in my writing games class. I did a, a video game class, and I've taught it three times, and this most recent time I themed it around uh, gender and sexuality in video games. Um, the reason I themed it that way, actually, is because last time I taught the class, half the students themed it that way on their own and that's what they wanted to talk about so i thought well i'll actually help them out and we'll, we'll do some readings on it so they've got a little bit more support and we'll all just talk about that um anyway the class was great at the end of the class we took a vote and said okay what are the two best games in this class and it was clear that it was kelson and haley um and i even promised them at the beginning of the class i said if you guys want um your award for best video game you will get to be on my podcast uh, and yes, I always talk about it as my podcast. You are the guest star. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. star. Um, so yeah, so Kelsey and Haley won. Their games are great. Uh, they are going to be up on the website, so feel free to play them online. The um, not the people. Not the people. Don't play the people online because nope. that's weird. You'll learn that in their games. Actually, you shouldn't play people. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, without further ado, let's uh, let's head over to the interview. Here we go. Here we go. So uh, let me uh, introduce the the class and Haley and Kelson uh, briefly. So uh, this is Jason. I taught a class uh, this last semester on video games, and I've taught it before. And this semester, I decided to theme the course on gender and sexuality in video games. And with us here, we have Haley and Kelson, two of my students. So uh, first off, Haley, why don't you say hello? Hi, I'm Haley. And Kelson, can you say hi? Hi, I'm Kelson. <laughs> And listeners at home, you'll be able to pick those voices out easily, I'm sure, just like you can tell the difference between me and Ben. Uh, we, don't, uh, we don't sound similarly the same. Yeah. No, no way. Um, so in this class, the uh, the final project was to make a video game. Uh, they'd created a few video games before, and this last video game was supposed to take a cultural artifact, something that exists in the world, and critique it in some way and create a video game that does that critique. Uh, and so Haley and Kelson each did that. And in a moment, we're going to get into the video games. But as we start to try and pull them apart so listeners don't get confused, uh, I thought I'd just ask each of you uh, what your uh, favorite book is. And I'm going to ask it in a, a different way. If uh, if you're on a desert island, rest of your life, and you only get one book, what book is it? And I'm just going to say you can't pick the Bible. <laughs> you, that, that okay. one, the what Gideon's book? already got there. It's on the Are desert island. Back? It's ready. No? Okay. Okay. God, that's a good <laughs> okay. question. Mine probably have to be To Kill a Mockingbird. I love that book. Mm. Nice. And that's Kelson. Let me just, to clarify, Kelson loves To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a really good book. Um, I would probably bring one of David Sedaris's essay collections, but I really can't tell you which one because they're all amazing. Nice. Uh, those are some of my wife's favorite books. 
Oh, they're amazing. I love him. He's terrible, and I love it. <laughs> I had an, I had an English, English class in college where one of my profs uh, would start every week by reading one of his essays to start the class. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. That would be so fun. Awesome. It was pretty great. Yeah. Creative writing course. But yeah. And then Jason and I, and I, did you tell them about the podcast or much about it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did either of you get a chance to listen to any before now? It's, it's okay. It's not homework. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. He can't fail you anymore. It's totally <laughs> fine. It's fine. Uh, and you could tell, by the way, Haley's voice went up just a hair that, that it's just a complete lie. She, <laughs> that she was the also totally now. lying. Oh, I did. It was last night, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did just a little. Then you oh, probably listen to more than Jason has. So that's fine. <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it out there into the ether and I know it's gold. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, basically you might already know this, but uh, we run, uh, we run, we run an empire of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where we, it's just about classic video games by this one kind of small video game company, LucasArts, that uh, was around for like 20 years, a little more than 20 years, 25 years, uh, and is defunct now. They don't even make video games anymore. Um, so eventually we're going to stop having our podcast because we're going to run out of games. Run out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of our games are from the 80s, early 90s. Uh, I don't think there's any text-based games, but we're always interested in basically any kind of classic video game, and obviously text video games being some of the most classic 70s, 80s. I don't even know when the first text game was, Jay. Yeah, yeah I, I can kind of link this together. The first text yeah. game, it was Colossal Cave, which was in the 70s. Um, and it kind of depends on where you start it because it started out as just kind of a hobbyist thing before it ever got to be um, you know, actually published and, and shared with people. Um, but the LucasArts games definitely pick up uh, where the text games left off in the 80s, you start the 80s with really a, a huge boom of text-based games. Uh, that was their heyday. And by the end of the 80s, it's moved to King's Quest, which uh, oh, the first King's Sierra. Quest was completely a text-based game. It just had images in it. So you would type out, uh, go to tree, and then the little character on the screen would walk over to the tree. Um, and that's how you navigated things. Wow. Um, I wonder how... So that it was kind of a hybrid of the two. I wonder how these two games would have changed my my mentality if there was an image per per screen <laughs> it would have been terrifying <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah these All were right. definitely made with that in mind although Haley worked really hard to get uh one image into the game um, i did i got a cover photo and i was so proud yeah, that's impressive cover photo. <laughs> is that not on mine uh it might be it might not have shown up in the interpreter you used um okay. but it's, yeah, it's the no. tinder logo <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool. Very cool. I've told all my friends about Haley's game. I was like, this girl created the funniest game about online dating. Yes. They thought it was so funny. <laughs> it's so much fun. Awesome. RJ, you um, want to intro the, the games now? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and let me uh, link the games in that both of them are, uh, are funny, interesting. Um, both have messages. One is more... I think, Mine's a little dark. A, a little dark message, but... A, a message that they both have dark come on <laughs> <laughs> uh the other message is the generics edition is a great band name and a terrible band one thing they both have in common is the first time you beat the game you are definitely not done you you want to start over almost immediately and play it again and try out all the different um paths that you can go down so yeah. uh i thought that was true of both games yeah, for, um, yeah, we'll go into this deeper. But as soon as I started playing them, you said, go down one or two paths just so you're familiar with the gameplay and maybe one or two things, then you, you're good. I think you didn't want to bother me. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, I'll take whatever. I think you said like a oh, half hour each or whatever. 
it's been way more than that on both of them. And I think I did every, maybe not on Kelson's game, because Thirsty Thursday, because it, was, it seemed like endless paths. And it seemed like uh, Love Me Tinder by Haley was a little more linear in the sense that it was like, here are the five main things you can do at the beginning. And I think I went down every single one of those. I tried to. And Brad, it was just solid writing. But anyway, keep introing the game, Jay. Don't let me interrupt you again. Yeah. So, um, Haley's game. We'll, we'll start with Haley's game. And Haley, again, you are the David Sedaris lover. Um, That's right. And uh, Haley's game was called Love Me Tender, but it's spelled uh, T I N D E R. Uh, it's E R, right? Not T I N D R. Yeah. yeah that's right. Okay. Um, yeah. In, in all the newfangled apps, you know, they leave out vowels, so I'm never sure. In the future, um, ten, in the future, Tinder will only be spelled like the app. Who are we kidding? Right. <laughs> yes. It's not yes. like the sequel, Love Me Grinder. That's <laughs> Which I'm already working on, by the way. Gosh, I really hope that's a, a sandwich-based dating app. Uh, and I also know it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Haley's game was about online dating, and uh, in the game, your uh, your protagonist. Who do we ever get her name? Uh, no, not the protagonist. No, uh, she is encouraged by her friends to try out Tinder, try out a dating app, and she goes on a date. And because this game can be replayed uh, to great effect, she goes on five dates or or more than that, depending on how you're counting. And Kelson's game was about uh, going to a frat party and deciding uh, how much to drink and all the different things that happen. And one of the big things that happens in Kelson's game is the first choice you get is to choose to play as a man or a woman. Or I, I think it's a chick or a dude. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, of course, that leads to different outcomes, which is a little bit of the point of the game. So let's start with Kelson's game then. And I'm going to let Ben take over here a bit um, because Ben has never played text-based games before. Um, and so he welcomed Kelson's game because he just had to hit one or two oh, or three man. the whole time. It was so easy. started with that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I liked about it too because the command ones I literally cannot play. Yeah. I used yep. the cheat sheet for them all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'd love to hear uh, your feedback on learning to play these text-based games as well, because they are there's a high learning curve to just playing these things. Oh, it's impossible! <laughs> it's not even a learning curve. It felt impossible at times, but I'd never even played a video game before this class, so it was definitely all of the video games were a learning curve. So you wanted it to be just kind of simple, A B or one two, I guess it was, right? Yeah. So in making my game, I was like. Once I kind of figured out how to code that, it, I made out a map, so it was easier for me just to give you three easy options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you how did you figure out? So this is for Thursday, Thursday. Talking to Kelson, how did you figure out kind of when or how soon in the story you wanted people to figure out kind of the the end game that seems to be similar endings along the way. Yeah, well, see, definitely going along with it, I definitely wanted, like, at the very beginning, it kind of was supposed to seem fun, kind of like when you get to a party and it kind of seems innocent that sometimes you see people drinking a lot, and then as yeah. the night progresses, it totally changes. So I definitely wanted that to be kind of apparent early on in the game because I wanted it to be, like, a difficult choice for the rest of the game. Right. Uh, and kind of what I thought was, like, interesting about the whole game is really in ending it early is really you winning it's because, like, you know, in life, yeah, by ending early and going yeah. home, you really won because you do not want to get to the final big five endings. Like, no. definitely not where you want to end up. But it's it was definitely interesting also to write the two different ways for guys and girls. And I know I was definitely sexist a little bit in my way of writing it. Definitely wrote from 
one point of view a little stronger. But I definitely enjoyed being able to make both sides of those and also trying to get into the perspective of like how a guy would feel. So I definitely enjoyed sure. making the two different scenarios. But we should do a quick overview of, of the game too, just so people that aren't playing this game, even though we'll have downloadable links. Uh, from my point of view, and feel free to correct me again because I didn't make the game. Uh, you, yeah, you start out dude or chick and you go to a party and you're a pledge at a frat or a pledge at a sorority. Is that right? Yeah, just a freshman girl. Yeah. And you're basically trying to impress your friends. And the, the point of the game is you will impress them by drinking more or the people around you. But mm-hmm. the more you drink, kind of the more, kind of like real life, the more you drink, the more trouble you can get in. Yeah. And you start <laughs> to realize you can't really get out of it anymore. Yeah. You're kind of, you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. And it was fascinating playing. I was like, oh, maybe the first time I was like, I'll just drink more the whole time. I'll just drink and drink and drink. And that'll be the game. And I'll see, maybe I'll just wake up dead in a ditch or something. <laughs> and that you don't necessarily, you can play for a long time just by drinking more, which was fascinating. Yeah. As soon as you're like, I don't want to drink the first time, I, every, my friends made fun of me and I was just like a nerd, basically. <laughs> exactly. As soon which as you felt say no, like, it's over. Yeah, it felt like losing. But at the same time in life, that might that's probably winning. That is winning it's, compared it to all the other It definitely is <laughs> compared to when you get down the dark path that is the other ones. Yeah. How, how quickly did you figure out that you wanted kind of losing to feel like winning and winning to feel like losing? Well, originally, I really was only going to have one kind of dark, bad ending. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know, that's not fun. That doesn't give enough people like enough to change their mind and go different directions. Sure. So then I took on a bunch of different social issues with the endings. And so I definitely realized in how I made those, they were so dark that at any point getting out of the game was better than getting to those endings. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. It makes, and it kind of is almost symbolism for like kind of more of like how you feel when you end those games early and you feel like you're losing all your friends and all that, but really like you're not like, yeah. that's kind of just like a real like inside personal feeling if somebody s- might say something in the game, but you know, like you'll probably have friends the next day in the game, but right. definitely when you keep drinking towards the end, those are kind of dark endings. You don't really come back from. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. One of the things I really liked about uh, Kelson's game was the way it dealt with privilege. Um, Because I think that that wasn't necessarily what he was trying to hit head on. I don't think it ever used the word privilege. Um, But as a player, you really got this feeling of, oh, that's what male privilege is. Mm -hmm. Being able to drink a bunch and then wander home and not worry about sexual assault. Exactly. It's like, and just, you could be super, you know, hammered and guys look at girls and think, oh my God, that's so gross. I can't believe they do that. That's so tacky. And then they see their fraternity brothers do it and they're like egging them on, like chug it, chug it, you know? So there's definitely that double standard that I wanted to show that there is, guys do have it a little bit luckier. And that's what the guys in the class really noticed too. So I was happy that that point got across in my game. I love the endings where, and I'll, I'll read one of the, I, I quote it here. It's, it basically says, at, at one point I was playing as a dude and uh, I think I just decided to stop. I was talking to a girl and I stopped giving her drinks, I think was the, the choice that I made. It's like, stop getting her drunk. And it, it, the ending says, end game, your friends that were all watching you begin laughing and say, uh, I knew you could never get the girl, one of them says. Uh, now, all, now all the guys are going to think you have no game. Play as a cooler guy or as a girl. <laughs> I was like, cool. All right. That is I literally had to get into my inner douche to write this. That's <laughs> <laughs> rough. Uh, I love the game within the game where it's like, oh, I lost. But at the same time, like no one was harmed in that storyline. So exactly. That's a good ending. It's definitely a reverse. And like all the yeah. other games that we played in class were kind of fun. And everyone got to the ends of my games and they were like, wow. Um, 
okay, that was a little dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's the there's I mean there's also a few branches that no matter what you choose as your last option, it's a bad ending. I think I was a chick, and uh, my friend was getting really drunk. And there was two options. I was I, I told her, hey, we, you should probably go home and stop drinking, I think was one of them. And the two options were go home with her or stick around and let her go home by herself. And I did both. And the first one I got, we were walking home together and we got pulled over and beaten up and other things happened. Horrible things happened to us by three strangers in a van. And the other option, I was like, oh, let her go home by herself. And the same exact thing happened just to her. Exactly. Like, That's Wow. I know that one was like really the catch 22. I was like, oh, the poor people get this ending and only play it this way. Yeah. Um, but I definitely wanted that. That was kind of my most male privilege kind of moment of the game sure. is because that really is something that I've noticed as a girl is like, you really can't go outside. You know, you can't walk home by yourself, but guys don't even have to think twice about that. So it's definitely something that I think a lot of the guys are able to see the other side of. Yeah, that's definitely powerful. Yeah. One thing, too, that I thought was really cool about your game, because I, I tried really hard to get a good ending. You know, I tried succumbing <laughs> right. to peer pressure, not succumbing to peer pressure, being a guy, being a girl. You know, I tried it all, and I could not get a satisfactory ending. And I thought, <laughs> I mean, that's frustrating, because who doesn't like a good ending? But, like, I think that was I think that was good, because I think that, that's the what point. we're dealing with. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of like the whole pressures of this binge drinking in the, like, young world that we've created. So that was kind of the whole purpose that... All of them end with a mad hangover, so. <laughs> yes, that's true. which is probably the best possible ending of that. Definitely the best ending possible. Great. I, and actually, my only question was going to be to ask Haley what she thought of Kelson's game and if she had anything to add, and you just did, so that's perfect. Um, should we move on to Haley's game then? Yeah, I think sure. so. Unless, yeah. Kelson, did you have any? Oh, no, anything? absolutely. Let's okay. talk right, so. about Tinder. <laughs> All right, so, so this, I'll, I'll again let again, Ben take the lead on this. I'll, I'll take the lead. Obviously, I'm the pro here. This is the first text-based games I've ever played, so here we go. <laughs> uh, so Love Me Tinder, you already explained that it's about uh, a, a girl who's a, whose roommates are trying to convince her to start a Tinder app or to start a Tinder profile. And they basically start it for her and start clicking through guys and... You take the phone from them. You don't grab the phone from them, which was the most frustrating part of the <laughs> Those commands. Get that out of the way. After I tried to grab it a few times and I texted Jason, he, he talked me off the ledge. I tried, I tried for like five minutes the first time I played her game. I was like, get the phone, get the phone, get yeah. the phone. Steal <laughs> the phone, pick the phone, punch the phone. I finally took the phone. Uh, but yeah, you take it and then you have, I think there's five guys on it. And great... I think there were great stereotypes kind of like across the spectrum of, of five guys. There's the cheesy guy, the musician, the model, the outdoorsman and the frat guy. And I went down every path and there was definitely, they were not as linear as I was like thinking they would be in my mind. I was like, Oh, it'll be cool to find out what the cheesy guy does. And apparently he was just the most boring person <laughs> in the world. I did like that ending, the cookies that made me laugh out loud. Uh, the, so basically you go on a date with a cheesy guy and he's super boring and you go home. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what the two options were, but I chose cookies and <laughs> whatever the other option was. And it says cookies will love you back no matter what. Cookies understand. If you want to make better Tinder choices, you may restart in the evening and try again. <laughs> so I, th I think that was my happiest ending. Maybe Javier or Xavier, Xavier, however you pronounce mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. was a good one too. Um, but getting into the questions, um, how did you figure out just from a, like a non-story perspective, how did you figure out which verbs to program in? And this might be for Kelson too. How did you figure out kind of which ones 
to ignore or which ones do you just take every possible one other than grab and put it into the game or I mean, how did you figure out which verbs to, to put yeah that's in? interesting grab didn't didn't come up because we tested the games a lot in class you know we played each other's games and okay. based on what people you know said in reaction and if they couldn't figure out a spot you know we kind of tailored that spot and that's interesting that one never came up but i really should go change that um a it's lot a well thing i think you know maybe <laughs> the way i'm from california though oh are you really oh well that's... i am my bad my bad all you californians <laughs> i know we're the worst yeah, yeah but i mean there are a lot of verbs that you know the inform software that we use to code already understands so oh. i did try to you know use those a lot but then when i discovered how easy it is to code like a new action you just have to say you know understand this new word as a word it already understands oh. then it kind of it kind of broadened what i could use and with my game like I'm like Helson too. Like I, I don't do well with the games where they, you know, put you in a world and say, go explore, kill yeah. the ogre, find the treasure. You know, I get so lost. And so with my game, I wanted to make a point of giving very explicit instructions on you should do this. Why don't you do that? So I, I tried to keep the verbs in my instructions consistent with the verbs that would work when you type them in, except apparently grab and take. <laughs> so take works T- or took, take, take. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I got you. Uh, so when, you, as soon as I took the phone, there was the five guys to choose from. Was there a specific path for you as the creator of the game, the writer that you wanted to intentionally lead people down or was your goal to kind of make it as objective and like choose your type, you know what I mean? As, as open as possible. Yeah. I, I wanted to keep it open. There wasn't any one, you know, that I started with or, you know, it wasn't like I started and I only wanted to do one. You know, my, my whole idea was having a bunch to choose from because, you know, we're living in a world where in, at least in dating quantity is a big deal for people and, yeah. you know, notches in the belt and all these choices and no one wants to commit. And, you know, and so that was definitely something I wanted to include. Mm-hmm. So I, I did want to have them all from the start and I did want them to all be very different. The one thing I, I will say is I wanted to have a few kind of surprise endings, mm-hmm. like with the model one where you go over to his house, you know, right. that could go south really fast, but it didn't. You can actually get a good ending with that one. Right. And then, you know, the one you go to a music festival, like that seems pretty benign, but then you know that one can end really poorly so i wanted i wanted to include the harsh realities and you know the dangers and all that but i didn't want it to be a stereotypical cautionary tale you know i I wanted to allow for the exceptions and the nuances of it because it isn't really as straightforward as you know it might seem yeah yeah definitely yeah so getting into my next question how did you decide what choices you wanted to reward and give a happy ending, which ones you wanted to punish? Because for the, like you said, the, um, the music festival one for a generic sedition, man, that's a great name. Uh, <laughs> how did you, you know, there's a point where you meet a guy, John comes over, good guy, nice guy, or seems like it. And you can, uh, ignore Trevor, the guy who, you know, you went there to see and to, and going out with John, or you can stay true to the message you sent Trevor and stick around and, and have a horrible ending. Uh, so you're kind of rewarding, Betraying, that might be too strong of a word, betraying, ignoring Trevor kind of thing. Um, how did you decide when, not just in this storyline, but in all the, the other ones, which choices you wanted to do that with? Yeah, I, I mean, some of it was a little bit intentionally random. I, I wanted there to be some endings that you don't expect 
you know, yeah. like you fully, th- you fully intend to go on a date with the, you know, the frat guy, but you know, he never right. texts you back, you know, and, right. and I, I wanted it to be kind of random and kind of seem a little bit like there are these curveballs thrown at you that you're not expecting because that's how it is. And, you know, I, I didn't want to just feed into the stereotype. So I guess I kind of made a point to almost go against the initial image I set up, you know, like with the cheesy one, he should have been a great date. He should have been funny and charming and a flirt. You know, he had the personality of a doorknob, like, and you know, these things happen. And so I, I guess I intentionally wanted to have some surprising results when you think you're making good choices for that situation. Sure. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's good. I think another one of my um, favorite quotes from the game was the frat guy when you're waiting for his his text back and it just says, wait, wait some more, wait some more. And then one of the quotes is, you hate waiting. Your grandma used to always say that patience is virtue, but her advice doesn't really apply because nothing about this enterprise is very virtuous. Wait some more. <laughs> and then you have to literally type in wait, enter. Oh, that was good. Um, <laughs> let's see. What? Um, for both of you, we kind of talked a little bit about this. Was there one takeaway, maybe in just like a sentence or two, one takeaway from your game that you wanted players to walk away with? Harry, do you want to take it first? (laughs) Yeah, I I can. Um, I mean, there are a lot of layers and a lot of things going on here, but overall, I think our current, the current state of dating and just the way we interact in any sort of romantic fashion is really a mess and I think there are a lot of factors to it and this game doesn't even cover all of them but I think I think just realizing that the way we set ourselves up the expectations we have the pressure we have and we put on each other and ourselves and then these games we play literally it's it's not working and as someone in this generation who has dated, I mean, I can attest, like, it doesn't always work. And I I don't think this game is so much a specific critique of one little thing, but it's kind of a general call to action to just take a step back and look at things and see if this is what we want for ourselves. Because, you know, a lot of bad things happen in this game and they're not arbitrary. They do happen. Yeah, I could literally say all the exact same things she said about my game. I was just thinking, sure. God, she said it perfectly. There's nothing I could add. But uh, definitely with my game, I as she talked about pressures, and I think that's what a lot of the games people made. And it's definitely the society that we're living on. I think maybe it's just because I'm in it, but I definitely feel like there's more pressure on young people than ever before, whether it's we're doing it to each other or to ourselves or with social media or just media in general. But we definitely like have pressures and that's what I wanted my game to show is whether, you know, you're a guy and it's coming from your friends or from others or a girl and it's coming from your need for acceptance or your pressure from your friends that and like Jesse wanted to show that pressure and also how sometimes giving into that really isn't a good idea and how it does seem fun in the moment and how at the beginning of my game was fun. And then, you know, towards the end, it definitely can take a toll. And that definitely is how, if you keep giving in the pressures, that definitely is kind of symbolism for what's going to happen. So that's kind of what I wanted my game to kind of be all about as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I thought very powerful games, both of them. And I know the assignment was uh, produce a text-based game that interprets pre-existing or that in- interprets a pre-existing cultural artifact. But I definitely, and I read the assignment before, before I played the games, I definitely was not expecting anything this deep or um, this type of commentary on just kind of social norms, gender norms, that kind of thing. So I really enjoyed both the games. Um, and I love the idea and the kind of the ironic idea of 
the games that we play with is socially not working, whether it's dating or peer pressure and fighting that idea by creating games. <laughs> I love that idea. I know. Especially on this podcast. That's that's the way to our hearts. But that was great. Let um, me let me bounce off of that real quick. Yeah. Um so this is not a typical assignment. Um, you know, usually you would have to do maybe, maybe if it was creative writing, you could do a short story, but for the most part, it's gonna be write a persuasive essay. Uh so yeah. What would be lost? Uh, what parts of the message would be lost yeah. if I told you, okay, now take this game and turn it into a 10-page um, persuasive essay? See, like that's kind of like originally when we had to just do our, our game idea essays, which were just 500 words. You know, I kind of, because I was writing an essay, I was thinking about my game so much more like simply. And I was thinking just one ending, one storyline, one linear like moment. And then I found myself just because something about the idea of trying to t talk about like social issues of our generation, I'd find myself like watching TV and thinking about this video game and thinking of more ways that I could make it like more endings, more in depth, more like social like norms, more gender stereotypes. Like, so I ended up just making it more complicated and giving people like the opportunity to make choices definitely allowed that. So being in a game format allowed me to show so many different like societal aspects that that's what I loved about it being an interactive game. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And also I think it's, I think it's a matter of accessibility. I mean, I'm a writing major. I love reading and I would hate to read <laughs> a long essay, analytical essay on this. So if I would hate that, you know, who is going to enjoy it? And so I think having it in a game format and a more creative interactive, it's, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun format. I think that incentivizes it and, you know, people think they're playing a game, but hey, they're also listening to what I have to say, but they don't really think about it that way. I'm not preaching at them and lecturing them and boring them out of their minds. That's what I definitely liked about this game. And that's what I kind of thought was funny on the last day Dr. Holmes brought up. He said, how many of you, you know, showed your games to other people or let other people play them? And every single person in the class raised their hand. And he goes, if this had been a 10 page paper, would you have passed it to anybody? And nobody raised their hand. So <laughs> definitely made it fun. That is true. Yeah. And then on top of that, what I've noticed whenever I teach um, any multimedia stuff, so if you're making videos or video games or websites, is exactly, Kelson, what you said of spending way more time on it than, than you were planning or also than was required, you know, going way above and beyond because you end up getting drawn into it and it becomes something you're passionate about. That's exactly so, what happened. That's, what, yeah, that's, that's really, cool. really cool. Yeah, that's I, I think the only time in college where I read another person's homework maybe other than someone I was dating who I had to prove, read their stuff for, uh, would be a creative writing cl class or like poems or something that was short, you know, 500 words or less probably. Um, but yeah, the fact that you would, and even then it was like more homework. So the fact that you would want to play these games and have to, but also other than the time commitment, really enjoy, I'm sure most of these games, that, that's, that's cool assignment. I even um, went back after this class was over and actually played Haley's game more because I knew we were going to do this podcast. And oh, cool. when I ended it, I got the frat guy. So I ended up like waiting for like a majority <laughs> of the game. That's disappointing. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, when I played it again, I got like go back to the house of the guy. So who knows? I could have ended up dead. But um, but I liked Haley's game because I, although like tons of people do online dating and all these apps, I've never tried any of them. And I like mm. actually got to like, I think, fully experience what it would be like playing in the totally safe environment that was her game because it wasn't Ooh. real people and it wasn't like 
you were hurting anybody's feelings by like not responding or restarting or anything like that. And I got to get the whole experience without any of like the danger or like the sketchiness that like I would not like do it for. So I definitely like liked playing games, Kaylee's game. And I definitely like thought it made like Tinder seem fun. I never really got the point. And I was like, well, this is actually super fun. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually a whole genre of video games in Japan that are dating simulators, uh, very similar to Haley's game. Um, and I've always thought that's the weirdest thing in the world. Why would anyone play that? And now that I played Haley's game, it makes total sense. I'm like, oh yeah, because dating in real life is is hard and weird. And you play the game and you figure out what's weird about it. And so you don't want to do those things. Right. So it's great to be in a safe environment, like you said, Kelson. Uh, and then for, um, uh, I have one more question for each of them or yeah. maybe one or two more. Go for it. Um, or like five more. Uh, but if you had, um, like you said, you both kind of got sucked into playing the game. It was kind of more than an assignment, at least while you were playing it or while you were designing it. If you had another month, I don't know, maybe unlimited. If this was something that, you know, you were, you pitched to a development company and they gave you, Hey, here's some money. Here's some time to work on this game while you were making it. Was there anything in you that was like, Oh, this could turn into something bigger, whether it was, even something different, like a novel or a, a movie or something like that, or even just a longer game. Either of you, was there anything like that where you wanted to kind of make this? Bigger I, than what I definitely thought about that and thought about if I had more time, mm-hmm. I would have made my game since you could play it as a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. I would play it. I would kind of redesign it where both sides were kind of equally a little more equal in the bad things that could happen to them and the seriousness of binge drinking and the pressures and like definitely on the fraternity side and just like binge drinking in general. And I kind of thought that it could have a really useful application towards like students who are going into their freshman years of college. I know that like TCU sent us a bunch of like alcohol and drug quizzes we had to take and all that stuff before we enrolled. But I kind of thought that this game would be a fun way for people to play and kind of is like very relatable, which is why I kind of think that the people in the class related to it. And I definitely think that that would be an interesting way to teach kids that it really is dangerous, although it does seem fun. And I definitely saw that it could have like a use for campuses and colleges and even high schools to an extent. So that's kind of what I thought about it if I had more time. Yeah. Let me pause real quick, because uh, one thing I forgot to say when we introduced these is, why are we playing these two games from the whole class? And it's that at the end of the semester, we had everyone in class vote on who they thought the best games were. And uh, Kelson and Haley won hands down. Uh, Kelson got the most votes, and I said, okay, now, who else? Is there anybody else in the class where you're like, this person has we have to talk to? Uh, to make sure that their game gets talked about. And then everybody else said, yeah, we've got to talk about Haley's game. So these were the two choices. These are both excellent games. Um, But I think in a moment we can talk about some other excellent games from the class if anybody wants to. Uh, Enough of my interrupting, though. Haley, tell us more about what you would do if you had another month with this game. Well, I would add more graphics. I would finally figure that out. (laughs) And, And I think that would actually, other than satisfying my need to succeed in that, just because I got really frustrated, I think it would also add another layer of the, you know, you're judging a person by one headshot. And I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about, you know, Tinder. And there's like this set of like unspoken rules about the types of photos you're supposed to have to attract Mm. the most people. (laughs) Like, you know, you have one with just you and then you have one with you and some friends to show that you are a cool person and you have a life, but you know, not any threatening friends that are, you know, hotter than you, but they have to be a little bit hot, hotter than you. Yeah. And then of course course not. Exactly. So you have to have one with an animal, you know, if you can, because who doesn't love dogs? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's almost like a template of if you want to succeed, these are the things you do. So that would have been kind of fun to 
add another layer to that. I mean, I don't think that yeah. would have changed the game hugely. I think it just would have added another layer. Definitely. And then I, my last question is just, are you either of you in, uh, do you have Dr. Helms, Jason, in a, in a class this semester? I do not, I don't. sadly. Okay, good. So uh, what's the worst part of Jason's class? Do you have any, um, <laughs> I've never been in one of his classes. Does he say, um, every other word or anything like uh, that? He does pop quizzes sometimes. Pop quizzes? That's true. I'm, so that there's that. <laughs> That's rough, man. Jeez. I never like a pop quiz. <laughs> never. Yeah. Uh, anything else on either of your games that you wanted to, to mention or I guess other people's games in the class? Is that where you wanted to go? Okay. Yeah, that, that's a, something else that I wanted to bring up is, um, you know, not everyone's able to be here, but were there any other games in the class that you guys just thought, you know what it was also a great game that I wanted to mention uh, is blank? I wanted, I think that Steven's game, he made a, because part of the assignment was also to, I guess, relate it back to a TV show or a movie or something like that, maybe. <laughs> um, and so he did that 70s show. And I just thought his game was fun and it was super interactive. And I like that show so much that I just thought the game was just so fun to play. I really like felt like you were for at least 10 minutes in that 70s show. So I loved his game. Stevens was really fun. He used a lot of dialogue from an actual episode. Uh, wow. And then, of course, since there were multiple choices, he also had to write his own dialogue. And uh, it, it was fun because he, he did a really good job of making sure you couldn't tell the difference. You know, he was mm -hmm. imitating the dialogue really well. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I mean, I enjoyed almost all of them. I, I liked um, talking with and playing um, McKenna's game because hers was about catfishing, which is very similar to what I did, you know, with online dating. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was fun that she took kind of a different approach with it and a very different playing style too. you know, the commands and the way you go through the game. But I thought that was interesting. I thought it just in general, I thought it was interesting what people chose to critique, you know, what, what they find worthy of critique. And I, I don't know. I just thought that was really illuminating. See, that's what I thought was interesting too. Cause we were all given the same assignment and everyone's games were so different in how they played and like the concept. And I just thought it was so interesting that like each one of us brought our own, like style into the class. And that's what I really loved about this final game. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, I love this project for just that reason. I get to get to see what each student does and each student does something totally different. No two games were even similar, which is just so that much fun. Cool. That is cool. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When Jason said I had to play these games, I was like, Oh, playing more games. Is homework, <laughs> I guess, which sounds like the dumbest thing ever playing games. Oh man. Uh, but after playing them, that's the first thing I want to do when we end this is ask Jason to send me even more of these games. Some of <laughs> I'd suggest playing them. They're super fun. I played yeah. them like when we were done for the day after our exams, I like went home and played them. Yeah. Very, it's yeah. fun to play games that are not only fun, but have a takeaway too. That's, that's whether it's satire or irony or whatever, but some sort of commentary I thought was for these two games, I thought was very well worked into the games and not no preachy or in your face or anything like that, but worked into kind of the, the gameplay. So very subtle. Yeah, gold stars. And me. I don't know what crazy. <laughs> gold stars. Gold stars. I give them both gold stars. <laughs> Good. Uh, really <laughs> helps. Works still, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, one more thing. Could you guys tell Ben about the final exam? Uh oh. It was oh. a party. What? Basically. Yeah. yeah. We all we all came in and we all brought food and we played each other's games and then we talked about each other's games and then we went home. It was wonderful. Wow. The week, really was the week before, before the review? Is that why? He's trying to butter you up and forget about all those. 
No, it's actually just happen. after they do it. <laughs> yeah, the reviews nice. closed just before finals week. Oh, cool. He tried to trick us the week before and like was pretending and said something. He was like, yeah, so just remember like the test, the exam will be just 200 multiple choice over all the readings of the semester. <laughs> oh and gosh. I had a little bit of a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Followed by then a piece of paper that got passed around for what snacks everyone was bringing. So I figured nice. that there would be no tests. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yep. I've Very got cool. that dry sense of humor where I, I say something awful like that and then never clear it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so we have to bring food and it's a hard test? This sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Right. But the, the better the food, the better you're great on that test. <laughs> Oh, um, one last thing I, I wanted to bring up is uh, you both learned how to code. Uh, both of you used the word oh, yeah. code at some point during this yes. interview. And Ben does some coding. Ben, did you get to look at the code for these video games at all? No, I did not. I failed. Sorry. So I'll, I'll, No, no, no. No problem. I, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Uh, it's a, a natural language uh, code. So if you want to code a room, you say Wait, the bedroom the is a room. Document? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did look at that. I'm sorry. I was looking for some sort of like C sharp, like JavaScript. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really simple code in a, in that sense, in that you know you're just typing out you know normal sentences. Um, it's a lot of ifs and insteads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, but I just so the listener can realize that it, it gets more complex. So so here's an easy one. Um, the date ends and you're in your living room and there's cookies there, and so the code is instead of eating cookies, end the story saying cookies will love you back no matter what. Yada yada yada. <laughs> And so that's that's how you get an end. Is it says instead of eating cookies, so you actually never eat the cookies. But when you try to do that, it will end the story. Great. The but cookies are a thing. Cookies are edible. The cookies are undescribed. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Ben, there's that line where it says not going on the date at all. Start to read the line below that. Stop messaging. Stop messaging is a room. It is. It is nope if you choose the cheesy one. So no coffee date for you this weekend. Stacy and right. Olivia are disappointed in you. So it's man. It is nope of you chose the cheesy one, uh, and then below that, admitting is an action applying to one thing. Understand, admit something as admitting. <laughs> Defeat is a thing in stop messaging. It is undescribed. <laughs> wow. Now, why is all of that created? Like Yoda, right now. Right, it's the last line, which is instead of admitting defeat, end the story saying you're a quitter. Um, <laughs> Chicken, but in order, probably going to die alone. <laughs> yep, which is a great gag. But all in order to get there, she had to create admitting as a new verb. Yep, and yeah. defeat as a thing that you can then admit. Right. Yeah. Geez. Yes, there was there was some um, conversation about this because in in actually I think on a few of the dates you can nod your head to respond. Oh, and wow. okay. so I had to create nodding as an action, but I needed it to apply to something. So I had to put a head in the room. So I, you know, wow. a head is a thing. It is a, okay. And so one of the guys, Rob in, in class discovered this and he's like, Oh my God, there's a floating head. And then he started <laughs> testing out all these actions on the head. So then I had to code to protect the game from, yeah. you know, kick head, you know, yeah. rock yeah. head, you know, so <laughs> Take so, yeah, you, you you have to uh, account for these things. Yeah, I no. would have been able to do absolutely none of that. <laughs> one or two, one or two it makes it. Yeah, mine simple. was page one, page two, page three, page four, page five. No, no, let's let's uh, let's actually give you the credit you deserve because it's actually P two is a page. The C desk is chick. It is for P one. So oh, it took a lot of linking. <laughs> it's it complex. Was, 
It yeah, was, I couldn't it, figure that out. I tr- I tried and gave up on that form. I had I had to sit on my floor with like eighty pieces of notebook yes. paper and draw a huge map out. It was very difficult. P two six is a page. It is flipped by P fourteen and P eighteen. No. Oh my god! Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? No. And then to even start the game, I had to figure out like how many pages it would be the whole yeah. game until the boy part, or else you couldn't play it. It made sure it worked. So I had to plan all the pages before writing any dialogue or anything. Wow. So the page on which the boy part begins, is that actually the number or did you just pick a number? No, that was actually the number. Like I had to, okay. you had to program it in cause like it had to convert to something to like run it as an option. So yep. it was like, it was hard. It was- wow. And I love the comment that you have at the beginning. Cause that, I also required them to write comments in the code. And one of them is the, the second line of code is include hybrid choices by A.W. Frere, which is a special uh, extension that allows you to do this P1, P2 stuff. Oh, nice. And you said that when you're copying and pasting you know, between different programs, at one point you left that out, and it took you like an hour to oh, figure like out what in the world you've done wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one line. That's rough. Yep. It was just one sentence that I was like copying and pasting from the internet, so that was even worse that I spent an hour looking for it. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, did either of you find out that at some point along the way you actually enjoyed the coding? Yes, I did. And one of my roommates is actually computer science. And nice. so, like, she sleeps and can do this. And so I got super excited about my coding abilities and real confident. And I'm like, well, you know, if you ever need help, you know, with your car, <laughs> I'm here for you. I can code now. Awesome. So, yeah, I did get excited about it. Awesome. I remember uh, walking by two students uh, the last time I taught this class. It was before class started. And one of them was talking to the other and said, you know, oh, I'm just so stressed. I've got this biochem final and I'm just studying for it. And so last night I was so stressed. I just had to sit down and code for two hours. Just, <laughs> oh, it's like, wow. Definitely understand that. That is amazing. Everything makes sense in coding, man. And if it doesn't, yeah. there's a reason why. And then you can figure out the solution and put it in. And it's just the whole world makes introverted Lonely sense. It's usually <laughs> a semicolon. Exactly. It's always the semicolon. Oh, yes, yeah. always, always. Yeah, exactly. Or you misspell the word description. Or that, yes. That's what I always do. Or left out an is. Is uh, yeah. it's an important one. Oh, it is obviously. <laughs> Which is great. I don't. It. I don't have to do the mechanic stuff uh, on this and grade you down for you know missing a word because the program just won't run. <laughs> oh, All right, Jay. You want to take us out? Yeah. Kelson, Haley, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, do yeah, either of you, you have any last thoughts, anything you wanted to add? No, just thank you all so much for having me. This has actually been pretty fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, all this right. has been and, fun. Uh, I've never been on a podcast. So, yes, thank you either. for having us. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. That was a, uh, a great interview. Anything you want to say now that they've, they've left us? Uh, oh yeah. Now the, the real dirt starts. They're, they're yeah, both terrible I, human beings. Uh, no, no, it was, that was so much fun. Uh, I thought Haley and Kelson did a great job um, and uh, talking about their games, thinking stuff through. They're both clearly very thoughtful people. So um, yeah, yeah, it was great. That was very enjoyable. Uh, hopefully we'll get to interview more people like that. That was good. More people that have created games, maybe some games we've already played later on this game. That'd be awesome. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all we have. Thanks again for listening to uh, Between Two Chucks. Uh, as always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. And I am a mighty pirate. And cookies will love you back no matter what. 
cookies understand. So true. The more you love them, the more of you there is to love. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> okay. I'll uh, we'll see you in next week or the week after, whenever it is, uh, with Monkey Island 2. The Chuck's Revenge. Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is. Oh, we should probably start playing that game. All, All right. right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.